Is he really just talking about his penis? I think he's just talking out of his ass. Yeah. <laughs> well, he was asking if he's talking about his penis, not his ass. Maybe he's talking about his penis through his ass. There maybe, you go. Maybe he there has an go. ass penis. Oh. <laughs> Change up. Yeah, when I can't have Jay contribute anymore, I know I've got him there. Yeah. Parlay. Yeah, Parlay. <laughs> Parlay, that's the one. Parlay, Parlay. Great day and welcome to another wonderful episode of Parlay Radio, the podcast that gives you the objective take of the bands you love and love to hate. I see Cheez-Its. What do we got? You got your duos? Oh, and you got a bag this time. Okay. Cheez-Its Puff. Nice. (laughs) We do have a very special guest today as part of our Simply the Best Marathon, but we're going to get to him in just a moment. First, gentlemen, introductions all around. Jay Bain and... I'll never let you go. I am John Coleman, and I'm deep inside you through your earballs right now. I'm Devin Hughes, and doing crystal meth will lift you up until you break. Kerosene Heights are an emo revival band on No Sleep Records and are a featured band at this year's The Fest in Gainesville, Florida. Justin Franklin is the lead guitarist coming on as part of our Simply The Fest marathon. I promise I will spell the band name correctly in the description, because I know I screwed that up when I was buying your album. But we will link their Damn. band camp on here as well as a great write-up that they have in Brooklyn Vegan. Southeast of Somewhere is their latest album, and it's on the vinyl shelf right behind me. It is fantastic. I highly suggest you purchase it. Uh, speaking of, if you don't have tickets to Fest, there are some dates you can catch them on between the release of this episode and October 26. So please welcome to the show, from Kerosene Heights, Justin Franklin! Hello! Yay! Uh- Yeah, (laughs) I was gonna sing Jumper, uh, but nobody wants to hear me sing. I fucked that up. Start it over, start it over, start it over. (laughs) Okay, someone told me that I sing Jumper by Third Eye Blind really badly, so if nobody wants to hear me sing that, I would understand. Uh, I'm going to tell your wife you fucked that up. Actually, I'm just going to leave it in the episode. <laughs> I'm not there would be that. no surprise. You said Kirsten Heights is an emo revival band. Yes. Um, well, I, now we're on, uh, I, I think, keeping track, now we're on the, the fifth wave of emo revival. Um, I was going to say, like, emo never died, so how are you reviving it? Yes. Um, not wrong. That's fair. Yeah. That's a fair point. <laughs> so, so There's always going to be uh, sad kids. It's true. Exactly. They're always going to be there. Um, and they're going to be yeah. sad kids scaring other kids. <laughs> yeah, we, we do the, uh, I think, I think I'm, I'm probably going to butcher all of this, but I think that the third wave of emo uh, was like the emo revival. And uh, so we, we tried to, it's more that like 2010 to like 2012 range that we, are shooting for in the revival um 
which is really oddly specific. Um, but if, if y'all wanted to talk to me about emo music, I can get as specific as you would like. <laughs> I, I will say this after listening to the album, it does fit. Like it fits yeah. that era really well. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's when I really got uh, personally like very enthralled with that like style of music. So that for me, especially it's like, that was my like, you know that that's yeah that's really when i was like this is this is actually cool <laughs> well if you like emo music just stick around because yeah. <laughs> come controversies we'll be talking about one of the probably more popular emo bands oh yeah <laughs> uh when you say popular that scares me because uh, that could mean a number of them they're a good one everybody okay. loves them uh, hopefully they do after the controversy so we'll they find like out. to eat big things Ah, oh, okay. Got it. Got it. That doesn't answer anything for me. Uh, <laughs> like, like the Earth. Ah. Ah. Oh. Yeah. Ah. Yeah. Ah. Okay. Ha. <laughs> ah. Well, let me go ahead and introduce our topic of conversation today. We have Ah. Right when I start talking, <laughs> it's only been like eight episodes since Johnson. Missed you. On. He's already fucking things up. Missed you. Oh, I'm out of practice. <laughs> you gotta start inviting me to these things. That's what happens when you just stop you get invited me. every fucking week. It's just like I got kids, man. Dick, <laughs> dick, dick, <laughs> dick. It's like it's like meat wad. Well, I don't know what I can do, man. I just got clothes, man. I'll tell her I'm little ones, no? Harley Radio is no way affiliated with adults from more American Aqua Team Hunger Force. Hey, we're satirical. We're good. <laughs> All right. Third Eye Blind is an American rock band. Well, pop let's be honest, formed in San Francisco, California in 1993. Throughout many lineup changes over the years, the consistent member of the band is singer and guitarist Steven Jenkins under various controversial circumstances. Their debut self-titled album is widely considered one of the best albums of the 90s, which was very successful and yet to be repeated by the band. Justin, we sent you the list. We said pick the band you want to talk about. Why Third Eye Blind? The self-titled record in question has been one of my favorite records for a really long time, um, which is uh, I for years would tell people uh, once a year I will get really, really drunk and whoever is around me, I will force to make them listen to me rant about that record uh, for as long as they can tolerate it. Um, I love that record. It's 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 good. He, uh, you know. I'm in an emo band. That guy uses a lot of alternate tunings, um, cool guitar riffs. Uh, it's a good record. So what you're saying is pretty much Jay and I are going to be the, the victims of that come late October. Hey, yeah, man, let's I, let's it, find some karaoke and throw that shit down. Let's go. Let's go. Do they yeah. do fest karaoke? <laughs> we should actually do oh they? Oh, my God. They need to. Yeah. Yeah. Fest karaoke. Let's, Can you get uh, the, if not? It. Can you get like a the karaoke machine with a disco ball on it? Yeah, probably. I think yeah. everybody would dig that. Everybody would love that. <laughs> yeah, I think we've got an Airbnb this year, so worst case, y'all just come over and we'll we'll do it. We have one too. 
You're welcome. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Again, it, 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 that's that's the one like, caveat. It's like, and you tolerate me talking about this record for hours. And then, yeah, let's go. <laughs> not not just because you're married to my little sister. Not, 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 not. No, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's also just me playing the record on my phone. And every time a new song comes on, me going, oh, this one's good that's it so let me, I forgot this one. <laughs> let me tell you about motorcycle drive by yeah. he was on a motorcycle <laughs> and it's in well, new york <laughs> new york yeah but we thank you for hopping on today we're excited oh, to have you we're excited to see you at fest and i think we should go ahead and dive in john boy welcome back Hello. go ahead and take care of those numbers for us, sir. Okay, okay. Oh, yeah. All right. So, Third Eye Blind, mid-90s band, commonly known as 3EB, because that stands for Third Third, third Eye Blind. They have sold about approximately 12 million records worldwide. Realistically, that's fairly low. I expected this to be right around 20. I didn't expect it to be super high, but that, to me, this just seems lower than I really expected for a band that's been around for about 30 years now. Oh. You're looking at about... Self-titled was the one that sold most everything. Yeah, I was going to say that, um, yeah, the majority of this album sold came from the, the Third Eye Blind album, which is uh, it's kind of sad because they actually have a lot of albums. <laughs> you were a little too young to, to one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Seven albums, wow. twelve million records sold. So you're averaging if you to evenly split like it one, out, you're looking at one point five roughly. Yeah, or about three million every ten years. Yeah, but John, you, you were a little too young to to have been around during the Third Eye Blind self titled album when that came out. That fucking album was everywhere. That was that was like Alanis Morissette, Jagged Little Pill. It's like it just had more songs and more songs that just kept getting play. And like you would just hear it everywhere. Great album. Sure. Yeah, yeah for sure. Back, I, guess, uh, I mean, they only that, like apparently they actually uh, with the Third Eye Blind, Third Eye Blind album, they uh, only made 500,000 copies and they sold out on their initial wave. So that, it was pretty crazy. Um, yeah, uh, as awards, they are very disappointing as well. Um, they've been nominated a few times, but never won any of them. Uh, their nominations were pretty much just non big ones. I mean, Billboard 100, I guess, was pretty interesting for the uh, self titled album. They also were awarded, uh, nominated for the Billboard Music Award for the Rock Track of the Year for Semi Charmed Life, didn't win. And uh, AMA for favorite new artist and F AMA award for favorite alt artist and didn't win either. So, wow. uh, the uh, I mean, more successful than my band, but I don't have a band. I I told you that you can't start a band and say you're called the Electric Kazoos and only play kazoos through microphones with distortion pedals. <laughs> you forgot about. Wearing a ski mask over my whole head it is the first. That's album Mast Intruder, and and they have played Fest before a few times. John, uh, is your first album going to be named Electric Kazoogaloo? It's going to be like a lot like my my original eat like unreleased mixtape Electric Boogaloo, but with kazoos. Kazoogaloo. Kazoo. And I'm gonna all right. So since I can't do the ski mask, since I was already taking, I'll do an astronaut like helmet. What was that? 
weird Nickelodeon cartoon that sounds like Kazoo. <laughs> it Kablam. was like, Kazoo. Kablam! Kablam! Yeah. Rocket Kablam. Power. Rocket Power. That's what you need to do. Is just dress Zoo- like the oh, characters you're thinking from Rocket of the, Power. The, the little kid show, Zubamafu, I think. Yeah, that. that's the one. Yeah, oh. that's really what it is. Is John's just gonna do cover songs from that show on Kazoo? <laughs> um, yeah, I got a message from one of our listeners. The astronaut thing's already done. What? Damn. <laughs> what? <laughs> Say that again. <laughs> I Breathe got a first. message. From one of our listeners, and the astronaut helmet thing's already been done by a band. Oh, okay. <laughs> Apparently, oh, the band's called uh, Star Set. Okay. <laughs> Damn. Anything else for numbers, sir? <laughs> uh, no, yeah, I got nothing on numbers. Yeah. There isn't much to them. They they have a few nominations. They have some sales. They have some streams. They it's, they definitely unlike the song "Deep Inside of You." Their numbers aren't that deep. Or inside of you. <laughs> <laughs> they, they might be inside me. You know, Jay. That is a sign language for asshole. <laughs> oh, we'll get to that later on. <laughs> we got enough to talk about with Jenkins. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess I will go ahead and hop into lyrics. Uh, I'm going to cover three songs today because two of them barely had any notes. Uh, first one is "Never Let You Go." which is off of their second album, uh, currently has 109 million streams on Spotify. So this song is allegedly written about Charlize Theron, who Jenkins dated for three years. The intention was to, quote, freak her out whenever she heard it on the radio. Interesting. Creepy. And this is where we... uh, I'm not trying to take any of Jay's thunder, but it's part of what okay. I'm sure we'll go Please deeper into. Ta- I have tons of thunder. It's a thunderstorm yeah. coming. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm sure we'll go deeper into this, but uh, this if you is need some Tums, if you need I, Tums, I have them. I can't drive to Cocoa Beach at, at 8 o'clock at night to go get Tums. I think I could go to Walgreens a mile down the road and be fine. I heard they're sold out. <laughs> I bought them. We oh. missed you so much. <laughs> dick, dick, dick. I can't wait for we for our one year reflection where it's like, John, you weren't here half the year. What do you think of the show? Oh. <laughs> hey, we can do that at my birthday party slash kids' birthday party all together. That would actually be pretty fun. And then we could have the kids randomly come on if if your wife allows it. <laughs> Why are you talking into the stick thingy? <laughs> Uh, so as far as Never Let You Go, writing credits are under Jenkins, although former bassist Arian Salazar says that he's co-writer of the song. The story stated by Salazar is that he wrote the bass melodies, the bridge, and the chord progression. Jenkins apparently approached him, stating, I really want to get the credit on Never Let You Go. Maybe if I give you a little more percentage of the song's profit, I could just leave my name on it? Yeah. <laughs> I I don't know how that works in terms of signing over rights to to songs cuz wouldn't that be less profit if one person's taking the name on it? Yes. Wait. No. One person gets all the money. Jenkins just wants the dick measuring. That's it. Yeah. He wants yeah. to be able to measure the dick as much as possible. Yeah. 
He's also like, I'm really trying to freak someone out by, yeah, yeah. It sounds like a guy with mine. Sounds like a guy with really. Never let you go. Really <laughs> Don't tiny. Don't turn wiener. around. <laughs> Bright eyes. <laughs> I I was not trying and it might have been better than Bright Eyes <laughs> uh, second song I'm going to cover because it's literally all the notes I have on Never Let You Go I looked far and wide and uh, my third eye was blind uh, second song I'm going to cover is Jumper this has 186 million streams on Spotify so the story is a guy jumping off the Coronado Bridge because he was gay and he was being bullied for it. Eric Gotland, the band manager, had a friend in high school who committed the act due to consistent bullying over his sexuality. Since the song's release, it's changed meanings for many listeners, believing it to be a rallying cry for the LGBTQIA community or an anti-suicidal message. Its intention is to be an anti-bullying theme, but a positive take over life. So that's at least a, a positive that you can take away from this. Now let me give you a negative. Uh, <laughs> Jenkins, of course, naturally made the song a bit about himself, stating that he also based it on alienating childhood experiences that he went through. I don't know what that would be at all. Um, <laughs> He does not fit the, the the audience that he intended it for, so I'm a little I'm a little thrown off by that. Do you think he's gonna yes. ever like come out with a sequel band and call it Third Leg Gone? No, and it's just about whenever we cut tiny. off his dick. What if what if it's wait wait I got one, I got it, I got it. What if it's Third Eye Open? <laughs> I hate you guys. <laughs> This is what we... You weren't here, motherfucker. <laughs> dick, 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 dick. You know All right, Devin, be... keep on. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's, I think that's a new record that only took, what, like 10 minutes this time? <laughs> we got him off the show. We got him off the show. Dick. The last song I'm going to cover is, of course, their biggest hit, which is Semi-Charmed Life. Uh, Semi-Charmed Life, 444 million streams on Spotify. This is actually the most successful single from the band. It is four times platinum, one times gold, and one times silver. I kind of want to hold off on notes because you know what's going to happen is John's going to walk back through that room and back through that door in a moment, and he's going to chime in with what we were talking about five minutes ago. <laughs> so you, you said there was only 440 million? streams on Spotify? on Spotify. That seems really low for that song. Yeah. I mean, that shit plays on my like my playlist at least twice to three times a day. Yeah. Yeah. And additionally, I think the movie Yes Man brought it back into limelight, especially with the Jim Carrey scene where he is serenading a guy. Well, that was that, oh, that was, was Jumper. Jump, that was Jumper. Never, excuse me. Never yeah. mind. Yeah. Additionally, uh, Jenkins was inspired by Lou Reed's Walk on the Wild Side with the do-do-do chants throughout the song. So that's where he kind of got the initial idea of it. Uh, the intention of the song was to reflect changes in the San Francisco music scene at the time where there was a growth in hip-hop. The concept, ah, yeah. it just, It's not just about crystal meth, because that's literally the entire fucking song. 
<laughs> that's the and that was my next note <laughs> i don't so, see anything else from that song but drugs it 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 stands out yeah the uh so the concept was derived after seeing friends of jenkins using crystal meth at a primus show the lyrics weren't intended to represent the bright, shiny feeling one gets after using crystal meth. However, according to Jenkins, the meaning of the song more broadly relates to changing periods in one's life. Uh, Jenkins also stated, "What's up?" I said, "Sure." Yeah, that's what friends it is. Friends using it. Look, first off, friends. Primus and, <laughs> and crystal meth sound like they go perfectly together. Yep. Everyone I, knows that feeling. I've been on a major Primus <laughs> kick lately, too. So You've been on a major Crystal Metz kick? Yes, that's, that's what I heard. No, no, the, the police are listening. I did not. That's why his beard looks <laughs> I did so not mad. inhale. <laughs> you, gotta, you gotta, like, you just gotta clean it, man. I need you to gotta get some even... oil. Get some oil on I that. I need to go to the damn barber and get it trimmed down. You need it yeah. shaped. You need it shaped. That's what you need. You need, you, to, you need a shape. Dude, That's I up. have been shaping this. <laughs> no, I mean you're a shape. We're all yes. we're both shapes. Yes, I am the shape of Santa. Round is, I round understand. Is a shape. Yes. That's in shape, right? Right. I, it's a shape. <laughs> John's packing his weed in his camera. Whoa, 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 whoa. It's a salad that? dressing. Uh, okay. Yeah, it's a weed salad yeah. dressing. It's, it's grass. I really don't know what salad dressing this is. Balsamic vinegar. That's what the kids are calling that nowadays. Balls on my chest. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> he has thrown up so many just brick Whatever. walls that we've just slammed right into just, face first. I, he's trying to make up for lost time. We haven't had him in like three episodes. <laughs> uh, so Jenkins also stated this song. By the way, folks, we're still talking about semi-charm life. <laughs> <laughs> Jenkins also stated this song uh, was written well before the band was formed, performing early compositions back and forth with Linda Perry, who is the singer-songwriter of Four Non Blondes, best known for their hit "What's Up." Uh, What's up? And and also Pink writing as well. Yes, uh, she's done tons of stuff in the music industry. I I highly suggest anybody go take a look into her and do a deep dive because there is a lot that she has done behind the scenes. She is fantastic. The two would perform versions of Semi-Charmed Life and What's Up back and forth in small recording spaces as well as just in each other's apartments. Uh, combined, the two tracks would sell a total of 17 million records, which is insane. Yeah. Now you're talking about hip-hop. Jenkins was originally part of a rap duo called Puck and Zen with Detroit <laughs> rapper Herman Anthony Chun. Jenkins bought the rights to the guitar riffs from Chun for $10,000, which gave him sole ownership and authorship of the song. And those riffs were used on Semi Charm Live. The original chorus hook was I Want Nothing Else, but when the single dropped, it was changed to I Want Something Else. No explanation was given, although early recordings can still be found with the words. I'm pretty sure they might be on YouTube somewhere. And last one doesn't flow as good. It I yeah. want nothing else to get me through. Uh, yeah, no. But, I mean, that kind no. of fits more with like the crystal meth, maybe addicted aspect. So then it's totally mm -hmm. like an addiction. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh huh. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, um, 
Come on, keep up, keep, keep, keep on with the lyrics. Come on, come on, man. I need more lyrics, hey, man. Hey, man, how much you want for this pain? <laughs> Uh, so, and last note I have is that there's various arguments on songwriting credits as a lawsuit was filed by guitarist Kevin Cadigan, uh, stating he was responsible for co-writing four songs on the album, including this one. Uh, he tried for 25% of the profits, which he had not been compensated for, and it was voluntarily dismissed with prejudice. He actually dropped his case as the plaintiff. Wow. So I don't know what happened to cause that. Maybe Jenkins is just like, I have all the money so I can afford all the attorneys. But talk about it a little bit here in a second. All right. Slightly. Slightly. Nice. But as far as lyrics and songs I wanted to focus on are concerned, that is all I have. So we have a crystal meth pro LGBTQIA slash stalker of Charlie's Theron singer songwriter who wants all the credit he's everything you could love and hate all in one package <laughs> I, I do before we get into controversies I do this might be a little bit of a controversial take but is Stephen Jenkins a not so adorable dime store version of Paul Rudd fucking hell man <laughs> You put the nail on the head with that. <laughs> Thank you. I saw a picture of Paul Rudd and was like, oh, that's Stephen Jenkins. Nope, nope, that's Paul Rudd. He's much more handsome. Then I saw a picture <laughs> of Stephen Jenkins. I said, Jesus, Paul Rudd looks like shit. So and then I realized, that's what oh. I need to do for the photo yes. for this episode is just Paul Rudd and then capture it. Third eye, caption it, third eye blind. <laughs> do the third eye, third eye blind underneath in the Ant-Man writing too. Yes. <laughs> Wait, do I have that setting? I should have that. I can get that font. Now I got to make yeah. that note. Now I have to make that You're note. You're taking notes, right? Paul Rudd photo and man. <laughs> At this point, kids, we're going to get to controversies. Yes. All right. Had to make sure we had a little time there to put, you know, a nice little filler in. Um, oh, yeah, should I scream? Other... No, 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 no. <laughs> You know, I do, with the name Third Eye Blind, I, I I don't think his third eye is blind. Maybe it is. But then again, I, I think it might be because he sees through his brown eye because Stephen Jenkins is an asshole. Hold on. <laughs> so let me is, tell is you. The, is this the ass penis that we're talking about? <laughs> yes. Yes. Dick, dick ass. Dick ass. <laughs> dick dick ass. butt. So, uh. As we will continue throughout the entire controversies, we're going to talk about how much of a dick Stephen Jenkins is. First, we're going to start in 2019, and we're going to bring up Emo, because, of course, who doesn't fucking love Emo? So, a few weeks after starting a co-headline tour with Jimmy Eat World, Jimmy Eat World's drummer Zach Lind tweeted that singer Stephen Jenkins was a, quote, fucking creepy douchebag. He followed that tweet up with a photo of a notice which included the demand that the venue staff learn the faces of all Third Eye Blind members. That photo says, quote, the members of Third Eye Blind will not be wearing laminates. Please learn their faces so they are granted entrance to all areas of the venue. But please also be diligent in making sure they're the only people allowed entrance backstage without laminates. 
what if Paul Rudd shows up? <laughs> and he's getting backstage. <laughs> and the funny thing is, it had a picture of all five band members. And of course, Stephen Jenkins like was bigger right in the center, too. So, yeah, obviously, he wants to make sure he gets through. Um, is it that hard to wear a fucking laminate backstage? I mean, come on, dude. I Yeah, that's... As someone who's worked hospitality my entire life and loving being able to tell people no, I can't imagine that. I, I would just be like, no. <laughs> I mean, you're playing this year. You played last year. What do they do for the bands generally? Don't you have like specific wristbands or something like yeah, that? Yeah, it's it's like a... I, I think it is like a different colored wristband. Like it's like blue and all the other ones are orange or whatever, oh God. you know, but I would it, kill, I would kill to wear a laminate over wearing a wristband. Shit pulls your hair out. Right. You can't yeah. take a shower with it. Sounds you go to wipe and poop gets on it. Like it's just terrible. Yeah. As a uh, uh, 18 year old me is like, Oh yeah, we're doing a tour. Do we get a laminate? And they're like, <laughs> I mean, I guess you can go make one. And you're like, no, I, I want one. <laughs> Tinkos. Here I come. Yeah, I, I well, I, I will say, Jay, you'll actually be pleasantly surprised by the wristband that they gave you for the weekend, because uh, last year's were bright pink Ooh, and yeah. uh, clear, Fancy. like a neon almost with blue writing on it. And they are intended for you to be able to take a shower with it. Yeah, it's, it's a nice plastic one. Yeah, that fits well. Nice. All right. So you won't be ripping hairs out of your ass whenever you go to wipe. Thank God. <laughs> I just don't want poop in the wristband because then you go to shake somebody's hand and it's Sir, that like is shit. a wiping issue. Yeah. That is personal. That is on you. <laughs> so back to controversy. Speaking of controversial things. So uh, Zach Lind uh, later regarding fans saying that the drummer should have talked to Jenkins directly commented saying, I genuinely feel bad for anyone stepping in to defend this dude when they have no idea what they're defending. My assessment of the man here is extravagantly generous. And for those saying I should have said my piece in person, A, you don't know I didn't, and B, you're coming to the defense of someone who literally redrafted his band's recording contract for his own benefit on the eve of the signing and didn't tell his bandmates until years later. Oh. Which brings us into our next controversy. Jesus Christ. There's another one. Kevin Cadigan, uh, former, uh, what was he, guitarist? He's, I believe. He's the co-founder. Yeah, he co-founder uh, with Jenkins, um, one of the only original band members of whenever they first really made it big. Uh, so according to Cadigan, he was ousted without warning because he did not agree to a deal that would have yielded a $1 million advance to record an EP and start an Electro Records imprint for which Stephen Jenkins would have full ownership and control. A major point of contention between Cadigan and Jenkins was an alleged understanding that they were to be equal partners in Third Eye Blind. Despite this understanding, Jenkins established Third Eye Blind Incorporated on the eve of signing the band's original record deal with Electra Records in 1996. The contract directed all payments to be paid to Third Eye Blind Incorporated effectively making Jenkins the sole owner of the band. Cadigan says he was unaware of this change, uh, that this change had been made to the contract. 
He also stated that upon learning that Jenkins owned 100% of the band, he refused to sign off on any more recording contracts or loans until shares were also issued to him being Cadigan. In January, he's so shitty. So in January 2000, Cadigan and Third Eye Blind parted ways after a concert in Utah. Uh, Cadigan filed suit alleging wrongful. Excuse me. Cadigan filed suit alleging wrongful termination, adding that his production, recording, and songwriter royalties were withheld after he was fired from the band. The lawsuit was settled out of court in June 2002 with the terms of the settlement undisclosed. I'm I'm glad we don't make any money off of this yet. <laughs> I'm really like if I could be thankful for a moment <laughs> just say I, I'm kinda glad we haven't hit the first few dollars yet. Yet. Third Eye Blind should have been an emo band. That they look. wouldn't have had this problem. <laughs> oh wait. So poor Kevin Cadigan. I think he has a terrible choice in lead singers of bands because later in April 2007... Oh my gosh, there's more. Kevin Cadigan, Paul Delisle, and Steve Harwell of Smash Mouth formed the band Radio Angel. Smash Mouth being Parlay alum. Which brings me to my next controversy. Stephen Jenkins and Steve Harwell's wonderful feud which we discussed a little bit in the previous Smash Mouth episode. Harwell was quoted of, speaking of Jenkins, saying, quote, he's not a good person. That's all I'll say about that. Woof. He also That's crazy. Then, There's more. It just doesn't stop. Oh, it won't stop. He says, Can't That's stop. all I'll say about and that. And we but... won't stop. <laughs> Can't stop. Harwell. Can't stop. Can't stop. Can't stop. Harwell was also quoted saying there's a few bands that we just don't like touring with your third eye blinds of the world i wouldn't go near stephen jenkins in that band that guy's a douchebag you know you can put that on camera because i really don't care but he is he's not a good person that's all i'll say about that that's the second person that's called him a douchebag so maybe they should have said brown eyed douchebag is the name of the band Look, and I and I'm and I'm I don't want to speak ill of the recently parted, uh, departed. But when Steve Harwell calls you a douchebag, you've got a fucking problem, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Guy so, who gives Nazi salutes on stage. Calls yeah. Damn, that's yeah, lower than low. So some do speculate that since Cardigan or Cadigan is in Radio Angel with Harwell, that may have been where some of the bad blood had started, but. They were both Bay Area bands. I'm sure they came up around the same time, probably played a lot of the same shows, and you get a lot of that. But speaking yeah. of of Bay Area musicians, want to know who else played with Steve Harwell? Drummer no. Michael Urbano. Who was replaced, so he replaced the original Smash Mouth drummer, Kevin Coleman, on the first portion of the Astro Lounge tour and played uh, mostly played with Smash Mouth up until 2006. He had previously played with Third Eye Blind from 1994 to 1995. You gotta be shitting me. All these assholes are related. No. So we're we're we're, <laughs> we're 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 you see you see we've got a little thing going. All right. I, I see now, what you mean. The ancestral San Francisco scene. Want to know who Urbano replaced? Steve Bowman, who previously played for Counting Crows, another San Francisco Bay Area band. Counting Crows keyboardist Charlie Gillingham. 
he played for Train, another San Francisco band. You know who else also played for Train? Johnny Colt. Johnny Colt would play in a band called Rockstar Supernova with Parlay alum and noted no-handed boat captain Tommy Lee of Motley Crue slash sex tape with Pam Anderson fame. This all always comes back to Pamela Anderson. No, it comes back to Tommy Lee's dick. Get it right. Good point. Got me. No one can get it out of their minds. And our next controversy. Oh, God. In the Hulu series, Pam and Tommy, the third eye blind singer, lead singer, shows up in a scene where he clashes with Motley Crue's Tommy Lee, played by Sebastian Stan, over who has the right to record in the bigger studio. Uh, Jenkins is played by Jeffrey Conway. Uh, there's one small problem with this moment in the show, though. Jenkins himself says that it never happened. He even claims he's never met Tommy Lee before and was not familiar with the drummer or Motley Crue prior to the sex tape sandal. Whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. Yeah. Not familiar <laughs> with Motley Crue. I know, right? That's before a sex tape. They had sold like lot. 90 million albums at that point. It was what area of San Francisco was he living in? In the water? Like, what um, the fuck was he doing? That, he was you know living in a van down by the river. <laughs> You know that and mansion actually, on the I, hill where that guy named like Charles Manson lived in? That, I was going to say maybe he was the sole occupant of fucking Alcatraz or something like that. Uh, that's the only way I could picture it. But even now they have Wi-Fi. Definitely the Colt house. <laughs> Colt house. It's... <laughs> so, Justin, <stole> yes. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Yeah. It kind of tracks. I mean, yeah, that that's that sounds like he's like Tommy Lee, who? And they're like, you know, Motley Crue. And he's like, no, I don't know who. I would so. love to see his Spotify playlist, and it's all just Third Eye Blind. It's it's yeah. Third Eye Blind, and then Third Eye Blind covers because if he plays the covers, he gets the royalties from that too. True. Yeah. True. And then he thinks, God, this song sucks. I guess I'll keep listening to it. And then he realizes <laughs> it was actually the original. Look, I do My like God, Third this Eye is Blind. awful. I really do like Third Eye Blind, but I mean, Stephen Jenkins is an asshole. Um, I, just, I can't support people like that. That's the thing. I, I listened to him for maybe about an hour today. Yeah. Uh, I listened to the, the third album. And then after I got through it, I'm like, I, I still have notes and I had to finish up. So I actually put on uh, Kerosene Heights because <laughs> I was just like, at least I enjoy you guys, you know? <laughs> so you're saying you listened to Third Eye Blind and then you were so sad you had to go listen to an emo revival yes. band. Yes, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> and you know what? I felt better after that. So, <laughs> so uh, regarding the whole Tommy Lee and Pam and Tommy uh television series um jenkins told variety quote motley crew and i have never been in the same studio i recorded my whole first album in north northern california so we were across the state from each other at the very least i had never in fact listened to motley crew i never even heard of them i actually saw tommy lee's penis before i ever heard their band i was like well, good on you, Tommy. Well done, lad. I literally had never heard them, but I somehow saw the sex tape. I also never seen Baywatch, so I 
had never even seen Pam or Tommy. That was my first introduction to them. He's a lion what son an of a bitch. Lion yeah. son of a bitch. <laughs> also, he's admitting that he was watching a pirated, stolen sex tape. Like, <laughs> what a douchebag. I, I never saw Pamela Anderson in a singlet on the beach running in slow motion. I've never. just seen them bear from somebody leaking something online. I had never, I mean, I had never seen a man steer an entire ship with nothing but his genitalia until I saw that video. But you know what? My God. More power on Tommy Lee, man. Oh, captain, Uh, my captain. You knew knew who the man was. You did know who the man was. I did. I did. I definitely knew. (laughs) Well, you saw his face. (laughs) That that man is an amazing mariner and God bless him, sir. I salute you. Are you Shout saluting out. him or his junk? Anchors away, my boys. <laughs> Shout out to our buddy Sean Osborne and Middle Age Queers for coming on and doing the Motley Crew episode. And talking yep, about Tommy Lee's cock for carries, an hour and a half. Carries right over. <laughs> carries right over. The dick that episode never ends. Great. Tommy Lee's dick never ends. <laughs> <laughs> well, we know who the... Th- we know who the drummer of uh, Third Leg Gone is going to be. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> All right. So a little bit more on controversies. I know this is long. It's ridiculous. Jesus. He's a controversial son of a bitch. He's just an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> Third Eye Blind was also involved in a lawsuit in 2013 that involved Anthony Fredianelli, former guitarist from 2000 to 2009. A Hollywood reporter shared that Fredianelli said that when he became the guitarist, he was paid $1,000 each week if the band wasn't doing anything, but otherwise his weekly salary was $1,750. The problem is that, according to Freddie and Ellie, he was told that he would be paid the high, a higher salary than that after two years. But the band didn't think that that is what the plan was. Uh, Freddie and Ellie won four hundred and forty-seven. $1,329 in the lawsuit and he didn't stop playing music he started a band called Zeb with former Third Eye Blind members Kevin Cadigan and Arian Salazar Zeb would play several original Third Eye Blind songs live Cardigan explained in an interview with The Ringer I suppose it's a bit of a sweet, bittersweet thing It's different because we're not necessarily doing a victory lap. I'm with the people that I made the record with. Arian, or Arian. Jenkins gets to do a victory lap, but he doesn't have that. I think having the relationship is probably more important than the trademark in the end of your life. A little piece of paper is not going to do you much much good when you're 70. Cadigan also says the last time he heard from Jenkins was via a cease and desist letter which alleged misuse of third eye blinds corporate trademark. Yeah. What what uh, is the corporate trademark? Well, using the third eye blind songs, I'm sure. Oh. And Zeb is actually like X uh EB. So kind of <laughs> like third eye blind. T Yeah. Yeah. Good so, for them. Hey man, if you're going to stick it to the man, stick it to the man who stuck it to you. Yeah. I mean, are there merch shirts just three eyes and then one of the eyes has a knife through it or something because that would be amazing. <laughs> that would maybe be pretty ridiculous. Maybe it's the third eye is just a butthole. 
with Stephen Jenkins' face in the center of it. What is with you in this butthole? Because it's a brown eye. Third eye blind. Duh. Not chocolate starfish. Eye. That's oh yeah, limp biscuit. <laughs> you know what? He'll never let it go. Let you go. Let it go. Let it go. No, no, we don't need a lawsuit from them. No. So, Devin, I want to thank you for getting me the last little bit of information on this because you allowed me to bring my controversies full circle right here. Because speaking of Arian Salazar. In 1998, at the 6th annual K-Rock Weenie Roast and Fiesta, Green Day bassist Mike Durnt, hey, guess what? Parlay alum, we're bringing them all back, baby, was hit in the head with a bottle and had been hospitalized overnight with a skull fracture. Reports varied as to who actually clocked Durnt with the bottle. Green Day's official website reported that it was hurled by someone thought to be associated with Third Eye Blind, while a statement from Third Eye Blind's management implicated a fan. But the events that transpired left Third Eye, bas- Third Eye Blind bassist Arian Salazar apologizing for setting off a chain of events that culminated in the injury. He also said, I apologize to Mike, and I hope that he gets better. Why is it that it's at an event called a weenie roast <laughs> and fiesta we're back to wieners and it's sean i blame this all on you i uh, love you to death but it's i feel like we haven't gone an episode without talking about wieners i really feel like since that episode oh so here here's the full quote from salazar regarding the whole weenie roast issue I'm sorry that my attempt at doing something I thought would be funny escalated into Mike getting hurt. That was never my intention. I simply had too much to drink and made a very bad decision. I am sorry, Mike. Salazar is the reason we can't have glass bottles at shows anymore. Yeah. Just Mike. Salazar. That's it. <laughs> Not Mike Salazar. Whatever. Just Salazar. <laughs> he, he is the sole reason. Fuck him. So you guys want to go over some quotes that different people in the music industry have about Stephen Jenkins. I, I also, oh, yeah. I also am wondering why you didn't bring up the uh, the T-shirt incident. The T-shirt. Yeah. Are you uh, unfamiliar? So I, I believe it was. Uh, I mentioned it on a previous episode. A band was on tour with Third Eye Blind, and the crew for the show was not allowed to wear Third Eye Blind t-shirts. Oh, I did not. That say Third Eye Blind crew unless they were purchased. Mm -hmm. Because Jenkins would not allow them to have Third Eye Blind merch without having some form of compensation for it. So the crew decided to wear shirts that said totally not Third Eye Blind's crew. They were made personally for that, (laughs) for those events. Well, speaking of t-shirts, Matchbox 20, frontman, Rob Thomas. This is a wonderful quote from him. Quote, he made fun of me. He called me a fat guy. Screw you. He has no soul whatsoever. He and his band got into a fight once because he wanted to put just his picture on their t-shirt. I just think you are a walking, breathing, living cheese. I don't hate him. I just don't like him. He has no soul. He's really just a cock. 
Justin, I think the said, two, I, I think the two of us should go to a third eye blind show wearing as much third eye blind gear as possible, holding nothing but leg. photos of Jenkins. Yeah. And uh, just stand up front and just hold them up, but just stare at them the entire time without blinking. <laughs> so, Jason Slater, former third eye blind bassist and Stephen Jenkins bandmate, had this to say. I was hip to Steven's bullshit a long time ago. I wanted to have a career in music for the rest of my life, and I knew if I was associated with that guy, I would not be allowed to do so. He was the inspiration for a lot of the songs on this record. The song, Somebody Hates You, is entirely about him. God. And to wrap everything up, we're going to bring back Fest by talking about a Fest 21 band, Eve Six. Yay. Yes. <laughs> Oh, this is this is the rant. I first became aware of what a piece of shit he was, so I'm excited for this one. Max Collin, frontman or Collins, frontman for Eve Six, said, <laughs> "After the third eye blind told me he fucked my girlfriend, he told me I was quote a wordsmith like Jim Morrison." End quote. He's such a douchebag, dude. <laughs> God. <laughs> Max is like one of the nicest guys too from people that have interacted with him that I've spoken to or interviewed him they're like yeah he's he's like totally chill he's a lot of fun why just why that's fucked up yeah it does it make does it make you hate them a little more I didn't know I could yeah <laughs> <laughs> the needle has moved <laughs> I mean, yeah. I only had so much time to do research. Give me another hour or two. I could probably pull up so much more. Jesus am, Christ. Yeah, this seems like maybe one of the most hated people of that uh, that that time, which is mm -hmm. impressive, to say the least. I mean, just think of the bands that came out with him around that time. Just those Smash that Mouth were alone. Uh, just, just yeah. the San Francisco bands alone. Yeah. I oh, mean... Yeah. Who, who really has, like, bad things to say about them? Negating Smash Mouth, we already covered that. But, like, who really has bad things to say about the other bands? I mean, sure, it might not be your music preference, but they all seem to be at least, like, down to earth for the most part. I mean, most every one of them, yeah. Yeah. I, most people that, that play music, <laughs> yeah. I feel like, are pretty down to earth people. Um, wow, yeah. Save for, you know, a couple of douchebags who got a little too big, a little too quickly. Yeah. <laughs> Stephen Jenkins. <laughs> you, know, you know that feeling that you get whenever you're swimming in a pool and you accidentally inhale water in your nose and you get like that chlorine burn? That's what it feels like hearing about everything with Stephen Jenkins. Yeah. My brain is just on fire with chlorine right now. Oh, yeah. Chlorine. <laughs> and kerosene. I prefer the kerosene at this point. John, I didn't realize you were there anymore. I thought we had another episode without you. I didn't hear you for like 20 minutes. Uh, I've been saying things in here, uh, you know, just little snide remarks as you keep going down the, the rabbit hole. I, I honestly really did enjoy going down the Stephen Jenkins rabbit hole. Yeah. It, it's quite a big know, rabbit hole. I was going to say, I didn't know it went quite that deep. I, I <laughs> That is the only thing I told Devin is like, I know this guy's an asshole. Um, didn't know it was how, yeah. Did not know it was that much. 
Sorry if I ruined Third Eye Blind for you. No. This, I, is, I, this is what happens. Look, it was them or, or Fallout Boy, so uh, I think I'm glad I picked Stephen Jenkins. I mean, we always kind of do the same thing as either we end up I like buffing up the band a little bit and putting them more on a pedestal after you look yeah. at everything, or we completely take it out from underneath them and underneath that is a trap door into the ocean you know it's and they're wearing lead shoes and the uh, only boat around is being steered by tommy lee <laughs> don't forget to honk the horn Those guys, oh he's got two hands for that said. uh i damn damn <laughs> It's so much like and the sad part is is like it does it it's not like we could pull up anything that would just be like oh yeah he's automatically disqualified because he's you know a sexual predator or something like that we can't get that so typically it's just like yeah we're gonna hate him because he's an egotistical schmuck that's that's as yeah. far as we can go with this it's unfortunate yeah i wish i i i like Part of me is just like, I wish there was some sort of crime against him just so the world could ignore him. But no, it has to be us. We have yeah. to bring it forward. <laughs> the douchebaggery. Because that's like Madonna levels of ego, you know? For not nearly yeah, but... the same level of any kind of artistic output. So <laughs> I was going to say, shit, Madonna, Madonna had one album that sold 15 million. Like, yeah. Look, look, like I like I said, I do love Third Eye Blind, but if you really look at them, yes, they have a couple of songs that, that got a, a good amount of play, but really Semi-Charmed Life was the song. You it's almost like you could say you can consider them a one hit wonder, just with a little extra behind it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean that the um what what is one of the songs you looked at, uh, um, Devin, that you did lyrics for? That on the second record. That's I, like the only other yeah, song. Never I Let think. You Go. And I think yeah. Deep Inside of You is on the third album. Never Let You Down. Yeah. Oh, there's Jumper. And then like, um, How's It Gonna Be? Yeah. That was one of my, like, that was one yeah. of my favorite songs of theirs. But that Which, was a those real are both on that cut. first record. Yeah. 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 Past that, the, uh, what they did was, was, pretty dismal it was not great mm -hmm. and from a record standpoint it was bad uh <laughs> they did not put out good records past that it's it's not even that they're they're not bad albums like i i of the one that i listened to i'm like okay you know this is decent but it's just not anything that's up to the times i should it's say. bland yeah very yeah. bland it needs, a, it needs some salt to it well there's a, a very much a, a 90s rock sound that i think anybody yep can listen to and they understand what it is like the band live has probably one of the most notable ones and then i think another one is the gin blossoms now i love the gin blossoms so i don't have anything against that and their newer stuff still kind of sounds like that but it's expected uh yeah they didn't really play for a long time and switched out some people it is what it is yeah john you okay over there a lot of it though is going down memory lane too you know yeah you're you're going for the nostalgia act at this point i mean that's why a lot of these bands are playing state fairs and you know these little small festivals here and there it's because 
they're not going to be able to sell out 20,000 seat arenas anymore. They're they playing Sadler Ranch in Fernandina. They're, they're Wait, not Third actually Blind is? No, they're not actually scheduled to, but that is like a venue that they would play. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean that's, fucking that's it, fucking yeah. Bubba Sparks <laughs> just played there. <laughs> that's Hell that's a yeah. name I haven't heard since 2005 and I was like Yeah. I had to actually what think about who the hell was. <laughs> I mean, Authority Zero <laughs> still plays clubs, but like that's the, that's their venue. Like those are their favorite gigs, you know, dude. Like the seven hundred fifty or less capacity. Yeah, but they they never had the breakout stuff though. Too, they weren't playing. They weren't headlining, you know, the arena tours or anything like that. They were still playing just bigger clubs whenever they yeah. had any kind of success. They did more yeah. festivals and stuff like that. Yeah, um, they were like, dude, they were Warp Tour for like three or four years, I think. Warp Tour, they did Planet Fest back in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember that. They they were really good on Planet Fest too. They're a great band live. I highly suggest anybody mm-hmm. check them out if you get the chance. That's a that's a fantastic live show to go to. But yeah, the Madonna ego. And by the way, Madonna has sold uh, an estimated three hundred million units against. It, it, you know, she has three hundred million reasons to have an ego. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She's got a couple of Grammys too, doesn't she? I I think a couple is a short selling it there, buddy. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, Hold on, let's see. He's pulling up the receipts. I'm already on it. I'm already on it. Uh, Awards and achievements. Oh, it gets its own Wikipedia page. Jesus. Yeah, I think that says enough. I don't. She really has need seven seven wins with twenty eight nominations with the Grammys. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Although one of them, one of the nominations, more. best dance recording. That's not a fucking category. What the not fuck? Not no Grammys? more. Best dance recording. What the Part fuck? The ray of light <laughs> bullshit nominations. Bullshit categories. Fuck the Grammys. Jethro fucking Tull instead of Metallica. <laughs> I'm still pissed off about that shit. I agree. Uh, next. Yeah. I, I think we should cover Madonna next year. That'd be fun. Yeah. Justin, you want to come back? Let's do it. Yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll pre-plan that for January or February. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I have to I have to pick someone who's not going to ruin the entire band for me. <laughs> Sorry. No, <laughs> Vista. Pick a band that you hate and we'll turn them we'll turn you into Fuck a fan yeah. of them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean yeah, yeah. that's usually exactly how it happens. We've been we've been able to make people fans of like Nickelback and Limp Biscuit, so we sure we can do it. I love that. Yeah. They're great bands. Yeah. They yeah. are. They're I mean, they get bad raps. God. <laughs> Avril Levine too is another one. Yeah. I, I mean, I never really hated her, but I just couldn't stand yeah, her. Yeah, who could? How could but, you hate him? I mean, you can hate anybody for any reason. Yeah, that's, Especially that's if true. you think about Tommy Lee's dick long enough, you could really <laughs> just. I had to bring it back. <laughs> oh, it's always there, always in the back of my mind. <laughs> always Mainly because it it's piercing through the back of my throat yeah, all the time, twenty four seven. Brown eye blind. It's about what happens to Jenkins <laughs> after he gets arrested and he's. Oh in my god. <laughs> I had to go there. <laughs> I don't think you actually did. I think that was a far fetch. No, far-fetch. no I feel pretty good about that one. <laughs> far fetch, far fetch, far fetch, far fetch. 
Well, Justin, we appreciate you hopping on the show today. Uh, as we've been asking every band that has been coming on here, who are some acts that you're looking forward to at Fest? Anybody you want to plug outside of your own band? Oh, yeah. Um, uh, let's. There's a lot, but uh, I'd say short list right now of just bands I'm thinking of off the top of my head. Uh, I always am excited to see Dikembe. They're one of my favorite bands. I feel like they've played Fest several, several times. Um, Saturdays at Your Place is another really good band uh, that is on No Sleep Records uh, as well, who is from Michigan. And I think this is their first Fest. Signals Midwest is a favorite of mine that I love getting to see every time. I I feel like they play have played Fest a lot as well, um, but I love them. Yeah. I think Woolbright might be playing. I know we mentioned they them are. before. I think they're playing. I'm really excited to see them. Yeah, there's a bunch, but those are probably the, the, the ones that jump straight out to me. And I'm sure I'll kick myself later for not mentioning like 20 more, but I have to jump on actually like making my little schedule on the app and doing all of that. Still, I haven't done that. Well, you named five bands. Now there's 184 that are going to be really pissed at you. Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah, 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 exactly. Including um, the headliners. Yeah. Guar will kill you on stage. Yeah. Ooh, <laughs> I, I'll pay money for that. Hell yeah. I mean, my, my true answer is like my and I'm sure everybody knows this already but my, my favorite thing about fest is i feel like every every year i go i am introduced to at least one or two bands that i had never heard of before um that then i'm like i'm a fan of this band now uh just from getting to see them live and that's the i mean my band is definitely in that boat where i feel like most people that come and see us play have probably never heard of us before so hopefully we can get some new fans too but that's that's the cool thing about fest and uh yeah i'm excited to see some bands i've never heard of before well, you will have two more people in the crowd, Jay and myself. Heck yeah. And uh, it's funny because you're both Jays, and I think you're actually both the same height, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. Are you 6'3 or 6'4? So, oh, 6'4. I got two inches on Woo! you. Ah. <laughs> yeah, I'm 5'11. Sadly, Tommy Lee has like nine five on me. 5'11 and whose heels, John? <laughs> you know whose heels. She Get doesn't my wear them that closet. big. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I'm pretty sure your shoe size is bigger than your wife's. But... I just got to cut the sides out. I, I think, honestly, if you put... No, it'd be a weird height difference because I'm like two inches taller than John and then Jay's two inches taller than Justin, but that would be an interesting thing. It'd be like yeah. a husband's and wives thing. You know, you put them just right in front. Yeah. All right, uh, I'll buy some heels. I'll see Jay on uh, October 14th then. <laughs> Make I'm sure down. you get the uh, platform boots that have the little fish tanks in them. How, how are you going to explain to all the kids' parents why you're wearing heels, though? <laughs> also, it's October, so you should probably dress like Frankenfurter just so you get away with it. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I got to find this. All right, hold on. I'm going to be on Amazon. Excuse me while I go pack now. <laughs> Franken. I thought it was a Rocky Horror Picture Show party. Do they really not have a Frankenfurter costume on Amazon? What is wrong with Amazon? Hey, Spirit of Halloween's open, buddy. All you yeah. need is fishnets and a corset and a lot of makeup and red lipstick. And a whole lot of sass. I can let you borrow the Tim Curry album. I do have the vinyl behind me, and you can just play it back a little bit, try to get the voice down. God, I'm down Tim with Curry. it. Well, Justin, we appreciate you hopping on. Kerosene Heights is the band. You can check them out on Bandcamp. There will be a link in the bio. You can also read their write-up in Brooklyn Vegan. 
uh, Southwest of Somewhere is available now. I highly suggest it. Highly, highly, highly suggest it. It's fantastic. And if you can't make it to the fest, I will also post their uh, tour dates that they have in the bio as well for this yeah. episode. Yeah, we, we we have a few. We just had to cut a bunch in half, but um, we do have a few going down there. So we will, yeah, we got a couple going down if you live in the Southeast. Uh, so, yeah. Very, very cool. We appreciate you hopping on. And on that note, on behalf of Jay and John, my name is Devin. I've already said great day, so I shall say good night. Good night. Goodbye, Tommy Lee's penis. <laughs> Thank Until you next time. Having... It'll never leave. <laughs> <laughs> next time. Parlay Radio is a journalistic educational commentary podcast hosted by Jay Bain, John Coleman, and Devin Hughes. On the mention of bans and materials used, we are protected by fair use and copyright as we provide criticism and commentary through satirical means. We don't own the rights to any bans or stories mentioned, but we do have the right to offer criticism and commentary. Incidental music is provided by Cloudkicker and Creative Commons tracks in the public domain. If you have a band or suggestion for the show, you can find us on Facebook at Parlay Radio, on Instagram at Parlay Radio Podcast, or on TikTok at Parlay Radio. You may also email us at parlayradio at gmail.com. Be sure to like, share, and subscribe to our show if you enjoy what you hear. Thank you for listening.